If you're a pastor, elder, deacon, nonprofit board member, or business owner, I need you to listen to this. K&K Furnishings needs to be on your shortlist. K&K Furnishings are committed to helping you find the right furnishings for your church or organization. These guys specialize in quality worship seating, welcome centers, cafes, nurseries, classrooms, as well as stage and podium furnishings. The two owners have over 70 years of combined pastoral experience, so not only will every transaction be handled with integrity and professionalism, but they have the experience to provide you with the perfect solutions for your furniture needs, and they absolutely understand your budget constraints and demands. K&K Furnishings are devoted to providing you quality pieces that save you money. They can do this because they don't have the overhead of a brick and mortar store and they have relationships with over 200 manufacturers nationwide. Look, we all know there's a lot of junk out there. K&K understands that many times bargains aren't true money savers. They end up costing you more in the long run. At K&K, they believe that quality furnishings don't have to be outrageously expensive. And here's the best part. K&K Furnishings sells nationally and can also provide in-person consultations in Michigan, Ohio, and Indiana. If you can't meet in person, they'd be happy to set up a Zoom consultation for you today. So whatever your next project is, whether it's your home office or your church sanctuary, K&K Furnishings is the only place you need to look. Go to www.kkfurnishings.com to see how they can help you or call 567-318-4520. That's www.kkfurnishings.com or call 567-318-4520 or click on the link in the description of this episode. K&K Furnishings, furnishing business, education, worship, and hospitality for the glory of God. Hey guys, before we get into this week's episode, I got to tell you about Jacob's Supply. Jacob's Supply is the place you got to go for all of your material needs. These guys bring you construction supplies and appliances for up to 50% off retail price, all brand new. Your home builder needs some lumber? Jacob's Supply has you covered. You a deacon at your church and you're in charge of that next Narthex floor job? Jacob's Supply has got you. Heck, they got Cortec Luxury Vinyl Plank right now for $3.59 a square foot. Go look that stuff up at Lowe's or Home Depot, man. That stuff is selling for $7 to $8 a square Square foot. That's over 50% off retail. Even if you just have some home projects you're working on, Jacob Supply is the place for you. I just built an outdoor grilling area this spring for that old smoker and grill. Guess where I got the metal roof, lumber, and screws? Yeah, that's right, Jacob Supply. Looking for a fridge, stove, washer, dryer? They got them all, and their name brand. Samsung, Bosch, Frigidaire, all 20, 30, 40% off retail. Brand new and ready for you. Located in Temperance, Michigan, it's worth it to stop by even if you're a few hours away. And remember, Jacob Supply can ship products nationally too. So even if you're out of state, you gotta check them out. Follow them on Facebook at Jacob Supply or call them direct at 734-224-0978. That's 734-224-0978. 0978. Remember, Jacob Supply, quality building materials at wholesale prices. And now, on to the show. Oh, we're back. Very nice. What's up? So nice. What up, y'all? <laughs> Oh, what's up, Josh? How's it going, guys? Hey, we got Josh here in studio Josh with us tonight. Stacy in the house. Uh-oh. Watch it. Uh, I can't wait. I can't flip back fast enough. There it is. The applause. There it is. Okay, we don't need that. <laughs> Everyone's so sick of our fake applause. I think, Jason. What do you think? Hey, I don't know, man. I I think it's a really great part of the show. <laughs> That's <laughs> that was top of the show. Oh, yeah. So if you guys are listening, we have Josh Stacy in house tonight. We're going to yeah. uh, he's the director of His Purpose Ministries, a longtime buddy of ours. Uh-huh. And we're going to be talking a little bit of uh, Hebrews. Yeah. A little bit of uh, Jewish catechism, a little bit of. Uh, he told us Paul what? wrote it. 
Yeah. No, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, that's where we're actually. Off the top. Actually, actually <laughs> we, we start a here, fight right away. We just start a fight. We just got him here to debate who wrote Hebrews. Actually, he said Apollos. No. no. <laughs> I lean towards Paul. Where do you guys lean? We discussed yeah, this, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I think we did a short Paul. on this. Yeah. 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 I would also think? lean to Paul. Mm-hmm. Uh, it mentions Timothy. Mm, true. Timothy's mm-hmm. mentioned in the book, but mm-hmm. I mean. And those guys were like um, best buds, like stepbrother style. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They were good. Paul said to Timothy, I think, did we just become best friends? Yeah, yeah, and they yeah. went and did karate in the garage. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, man, so how you been, Jason? Awesome. You I thought good? I was like, where is he? Which Jay is he going to say? Josh oh. or Jay? Yeah. He used to call me Josh when we first started. He was like, the, the first he couldn't times. remember my name for something. We knew each other for 20 years. I sent, he was like, Josh. The, I'm like, what? I, I sent you the meme that explained it. Yeah. I sent yeah. you the, yeah. did you remember that? It literally, it's okay. Uh. I almost called him Jason. Yeah, see? see? Gosh, Here you're confusing go. me. It's like, hey, my name's... And it said Jason yeah. in the thing, too. Yeah, yeah, it did. It said, hey, my name's Jason. Hey, my name's Greg. It. And And did Jason goes into his head, and then it's got, like, like uh, you know, theological terms, yeah. doctrines, dates of, like, creeds, right? And then it uh-huh. just literally just goes right out the... Like, it's <laughs> the, <laughs> like you can remember all that yeah, other yeah, stuff, yeah. but remember. your name... No, nope, sorry. Only it's known good, you 20 though. years, man. You remember the God stuff. That's important stuff. <laughs> Indeed. You know? I want people to forgive me anyway. I want them to remember Christ. Oh, Amen. man. So Wait, in your face. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it always gets a little rowdier when we have someone in yeah. the studio as well, because you can joke around yeah, a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think, uh, Josh, you've been here. Is this two? No, three. This three. Is actually, I'm the three second. Pete. Yeah. I'm the second three-peat. Second I've been waiting. Second three-peat. There we go. All right. Let's do it. This is the first time, though, that I've been here for it. Because yes. before I was working, yep. you guys would meet up, and then yep. yeah, I was always on my way home from work, and <laughs> just didn't work out. But now yeah. I'm here. Look at that. One for three. Yeah. One for that's good. Thanks hey. for having me, guys. Man, yeah. if you're hitting one Glad for you if you're hitting one for three in the uh, MLB, you're winning the triple crown, baby. <laughs> hey, that's three thirty three thirty three. We'll take hey, man, it. I'm down. Just went to a local Mud Hens game uh, with with the boy. Uh, Those yesterday. are so much fun. They're so mm, fun. They right here really in Toledo, are. Ohio. Yeah, it's a good little spot. Tickets are cheap. Nice mm-hmm. park. You sit close no matter where you sit. Yeah, they've uh, been doing yeah. great this year too. Yeah, they're, they're on a team they're... eleven to one the other night. <laughs> yeah, wow. that's the one I was at. Yeah. Oh, Ooh, nice championship run. Yeah, very cool. very cool. But they are the uh, minor league farm team for the Detroit Tigers. Maybe you've heard of them. Maybe you've heard of them. Maybe not. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually the other day I was reading up a little bit on the 1984 Tigers. I don't know if you guys remember the Detroit Tigers in 84. Oh, yeah, I was three years old. No, yeah, I mean, they well, they were the best. I yeah. mean, you're talking Alan Trammell, Lou Whitaker, Whitaker yeah. Daryl Evans, Tom Brookins. Um, I mean, there's so many. Jack Norris was on that mm. team. Chet Lemon. I, I could go on and on and on. But 1984 Detroit Tigers. Look them up. Yeah. And remember and watch some of those YouTube videos. Okay. Can when we I talk was about the Bible? when, no, when I was little, I went to Tiger <laughs> Stadium, and yeah. when this guy got up to bat, everyone started booing him. And I said, "Why is everyone booing him?" And my dad, it was said, Lou. No, it was Lou Whitaker. Yep. Go Lou. Yep. Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's wild. Totally remember that. Josh is sitting here like I wasn't born in '84. He goes, <laughs> no, "I don't know I, what I the heck you're talking about." Still to go. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh man. <laughs> he wasn't a twinkle in his daddy's eye. Yeah. Yet. Oh yeah. Oh, so yeah. what have you been up to since you've been here last, Josh? Oh man. Uh, life is insane. Yeah. Uh, you got to see one of the things I've been involved in lately mm-hmm. last week. So I actually, uh, got on staff at the church that I've attended for about six and a half years. And so I get a unique opportunity to be our community engagement specialist and minister. So I, 
uh, have a unique job where we get this really cool donated stuff and we get in the hands of local nonprofits so that they can bless their community. That's awesome. And we just get all sorts of off the wall stuff and we get to bless people with it. And the expectation is that it goes to those who are needy, those who are, uh, poverty stricken, those who are dealing with financial issues and just be able to get them really quality, really grade a stuff for pennies on the dollar. It's absolutely incredible. Uh, along with that, I think the last time I was here, uh, bought a house. I'm living in Michigan. Enjoying nice. You're welcome. We converted life. him. Yes. Welcome. He's no longer Not, a Buckeye. Oh, no. Uh, uh, Jesus <laughs> saved and Buckeye raised. But <laughs> yeah. I've gotten used to the smell here. So, <laughs> oh, oh, hey, oh. Whoa. Coming in our house talking like that. <laughs> no. no, I'm actually, me and my wife are getting ready to go up to Torch Lake next week. Nice. Which is going to be super exciting. Yeah. Never been that far up north. So uh, ready yeah. to go and experience the caribbean blue waters up mm. at lake oh, michigan absolutely Very nice Very yeah i nice. just posted a picture no i didn't post it i th- might have sent it to someone uh of uh, st joseph's which is just two hours basically west of us right on lake michigan and it's gorgeous mm. it's every bit as gorgeous as some ocean par- ports that you see come on yeah. um but yeah go up north and enjoy it i will say for anyone listening too, uh if you're a ministry you can get a hold of us and we'll put you in touch with josh because i was there and i did purchase some items and i already got to bless uh someone with a like it was about a 350 dollar eddie bauer winter jacket guy was talking to him and he's like i man it's it's hard right now i'm you know i need a jacket i need this and that he was a guy that i see that um is sometimes on the corner and i uh, got to bless him with that jacket come so, on nice. uh it's, ar- it's already paying off yeah and i think it was like five or ten bucks for like a premium eddie bauer wow yeah yes. feather down or oh, loose down wild. jacket so yes. very cool what you're doing in it's that awesome. ministry passing on those savings and like you said, it's it's for ministries with the expectation to bless others. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So if you're a ministry, uh, uh, get a hold of us and I'll I'll put you in touch with Josh. So mm-hmm. very yes. cool, man. And even if you're out of state, if you're listening somewhere across the country mm. or even internationally, I actually can set you up with some stuff. Been working even right now to be able to work with some of the organizations that have been doing stuff over in Afghanistan to mm-hmm. be able to get them products That's and be awesome. able to get even stuff if over in people. even in uh, do you ship to Uzbekistan? We're the number one podcast now for the last six months in Uzbekistan. Maybe you heard of it. Yeah. I have. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? the reason I've heard of it is by looking it up after seeing you guys post on it. I bet there's absolutely we a way in the top ten there, man. I don't know. So all, everyone listening to Uzbekistan, we hear you. Yeah. We, we understand what's going on in that part of the Amen. world. We're praying for you. We yes. appreciate you listening. Yeah. So very cool. So you guys want to get into it? Let's yeah. Go. What are we talking about tonight, Josh? Because Josh did something where he said, "Hey, I'm coming with I'm coming with something," and we said, "Okay." And he just gave us the bullet points, and we said, "All right, yeah, we're gonna do." It's like a tap takeover when you go to a brewery. <laughs> yeah, it's like right. a Josh takeover, I guess. Yeah, yeah, but, I like it. But yeah. very conversational. Still, yeah. we'll probably interrupt you five or ten times before you're done. I will at least. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm expecting, <laughs> that's... and that's gonna be the fun part. So, um, what I. Well, really, just this is one of the things that stirs up in me is talking about how do you actually walk out a walk with Jesus Mm. and how are we supposed to live this thing out in a real practical way? Because honestly, living in the West, everybody wants to over spiritualize everything. Mm. Everybody wants to make everything weird. There's all sorts of weird stuff out there when really the Lord walked a really practical life. Yeah. He really did real things that really impacted people. And so if we are called to be disciples and followers of Jesus, then that means that our lives should be pretty practical in it, that there's 
easy ways to walk out an active lifestyle that is going to glorify God and point people to Jesus. And so really reading through Hebrews, there's a specific verse in Hebrews chapter six, verses one through three, that has always stood out to me, always held a special place in my heart. And then as I've begun, you know, uh, studying ancestry with my uncle, who's a twice retired army vet, uh, learning about some of my Jewish heritage and some of those things, this scripture really has become alive to me over the past few years. And it's, uh, therefore, leaving the elementary principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works, faith toward God, of instruction about washings, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. This we will do if God permits. Mm. And it's really simple. Like, these are what whoever, uh, mm. we'll ju- we can joke around and say Paul. Yeah, yeah. What, what, what Paul's <laughs> getting at here is, if you want to move on to maturity, these should be some of the building blocks that you have laid on the foundation of Christ himself, because he is the rock. Yeah. He is yeah. the foundation. He is the cornerstone. He's what we build everything off of. But just like when we build our own houses, just like when we build businesses, you have to move from that foundation, lay down a floor, mm-hmm. build up some walls, put in some trim, paint, roof, yeah. all of those things. And so these six principles are the most practical ways that we can live out active faith as a believer in Jesus. And for whoever was writing this, writing this to Messianic Jews living back in the first century who are turning in uh, following after Yeshua, following after the Messiah, as they have believed from the scriptures that they had, he's reminding them, like, you guys know this. This Mm -hmm. is already a practical application for them and for their faith. And so just like for us in in this day and age, we get to participate in that. Being grafted in the vine this is truth for us too. And so it makes a, people always want to make spiritual maturity and growing in your faith in these weird things when it can be just as practical as this. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like sometimes too, uh, maybe here, and I don't have any, well, I might have scriptural evidence for it, but it feels like when you're reading through this, it's almost like with, with the Jewish, uh, with the early Christians, the pendulum was swinging kind of in, in uh, the new churches. So it went from, you know, they'd have the arguments over, do you have to be circumcised? Can we sit with other Jews? Those whole things. But it's almost like it swung too far. And it was like, okay, we have all this freedom and grace and all this stuff. And he's like, well, hold on. We also you know, let's not stay too focused on that. Let's, let's be balanced and let's be in moderation. And, uh, and I think that's a good word for the Western Christian church is sometimes we get a little too spiritualized and you go, well, what's wrong with being spiritualized? It's like, well, look at, I love miracles. I love being spiritual. I, I love my, uh, time with God in prayer, which I say is a spiritual experience. I get all that. Yeah. But at the same time, the Lord commands us to walk out some real practical things in life that take work. There's a reason why Paul refers to it as running a race or a marathon, as he says, a lifelong race, right? It's not compared to, hey, since you guys now have your ticket on the cruise ship, you're going to sit back on the deck and sunbathe, I want to tell you about Christ. It's like, oh, no, we are running this race. It's hard work. So there's like real world practical things that the Lord commands us to do. Some of those are spiritual and sacraments, baptism and communion and things like that. Some of those things are principles of God that will just actually seems hard, but will make your life easier because he's created this universe in a certain way. Straight up. You know, reap what you sow, work ethic, all those things that we've talked about before on the uh, podcast. So yeah, I'm tracking with what you're saying for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I I think as, as well too, just in context, I mean, you know, you have, uh, good Jewish rabbis that were saying, you know, um, uh, I mean, they were, they were saying the same things that Christians were, 
right? Yeah. They, were, they were being taught the same stuff, like resurrection of the dead, repentance of, of dead works, faith towards God, washings, laying out of hands, eternal judgment. The only difference was Christ. Yeah. Right. Mm, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, as, as, you know, we read, we read these, uh, these verses, I mean, we are definitely seeing a shift, but also remember too, that they were asking them to come back to sacrifice, you know, in, yeah. in Hebrews, right. Yep. Um, uh, so, you know, and, and then, you know, they were calling Jew, Jews back and pagans, but you know, I mean, the difference with all of that was Christ, right? Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's just, it, those verses were just really interesting to me to, to get to that point, you know, as you got through chapter five, especially, you know, <laughs> going from, you know, reading about, uh, you're only getting the milk, you know, um, uh, you should be getting, growing into the meat, you know, getting the meat yes. and, and all of that. But, uh, anyway, yeah, yeah. that was, that was kind of my, my little, uh, take that I, I kind of was studying through with mm. that. So praise God. Yeah. 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 Because that really is what it boils down to is as we mature as believers, we are called to move from the simple milk yeah. on to eating. Let's mm. get some steak. Let's yeah. get some veggies. Let's yeah. eat a full meal mm -hmm. that is going to satisfy and nourish so that we can become the growing boys Amen. and girls that God has called us. Yeah, to. yeah, yeah. Um, and so, and again, uh, just, it's it's so practical, but the thing that's different, like Jason just mentioned, is, is Jesus. Mm -hmm because of the work of Jesus on the cross, because yeah. of the fulfilled work that he did on the cross and that he rose again on the third day and ascended the right hand of the Father, these things take on a, a even greater context, just like the author of Hebrews goes all the way through and makes all the comparisons like mm. Jesus is the better sacrifice, Jesus is the better Moses, Jesus is the better yeah. this and the yeah. better that. Yeah. Even these simple practical things that Jews of the day were walking out like there's a new layer to it because the Messiah had come yeah. and that is what they were missing. Yeah. The Messiah they had been looking for was right before their eyes and the call of what he said in his life and what he taught takes these things to such an even deeper depth that for us today make can make this walk one even more fulfilling because as I always say um, to go with what you were saying, the most practical things in this life are the most spiritual taking communion. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a practical thing, yeah. but it's a precious yeah. spiritual mm. yeah. sacrament that we do in honor to the Lord until he comes. Right. We do these different things, but it's not always just about the signs, the wonders and the miracles. Yeah. I, uh, same thing. I'm, I'm involved in seeing different movements like that and all that. And, um, mm -hmm. actually really studying through this has helped me ground out on some things with that. Mm. Sure. Like I've experienced it. Mm -hmm. I was deaf. Now yeah. I hear, right. Yeah. Like, and Jesus did it. It was yeah. only him. And because yeah. of the work that he promised so that I would have hope that he was who he said he was right. and is a confirmation of the gospel that was preached to me. Yeah. That is what signs and wonder, wonders and miracles are for, you know, not to, for us to be superheroes. Yeah, so, sorry. Um, uh, yeah, just to piggyback off of what you're saying, today I actually experienced that in worship. Um, at the 9 a.m. service, um, a guy was was uh, speaking in tongues. And that's all that was running through my brain was let there be inter interpreter. Please be an interpreter. Please be an interpreter. <laughs> and they did. Somebody interpreted. Come on. And I tell you what, like it hit me so hard. I got to that point of like <laughs> the snot was running down my face, bros. You know, one of those, no, and, the Lord's good. Man. And then, like, yeah, yeah, man, but it was such a good word. And, uh, and I mean, it's, it's like, just like you're saying, Josh, these things are real, you know, and we have talked about this thing, 
Uh, we've talked about being cautious continuationists yes. for a while on this mm. podcast. And it's like, you know, that is one example where it's like, man, like God is so real and you can experience this, you know, for real as, as a believer. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just amazing, you know, just, to just to experience that. And, and, and I don't, maybe the experience is the wrong word. I'm sure Greg will correct me on that. You know what, man, like, like when the Holy spirit knocks you down or, or like makes you weep and you know just like coddles you it's one of those things like oh man i needed that come on (laughs) but when it's real when it's real and and real yeah yeah yes yeah move move of the spirit it it, it, well the problem is is the lord doesn't give us nerf toys in this world he gives us sharp items right he gives us things like it's good. Uh, like cigars and bourbon and and miracles and I'm not putting those. Wait, where's cigars category. and bourbon? Man? I'm saying <laughs> he gives us sharp things and, and he and he says do it all unto the glory of God and, yeah. and like healing and miracle. I mean that is a sharp item, so to speak. That is an item that can be manipulated and can be misused yes. and can be mis represented mm, just yeah. like many other things that um, the Lord has given to us for our pleasure and to bring Him glory at yeah. the yeah. same time. Yeah. Right? Come on. Um, yeah. So it's like you can abuse just about anything. And it's and it might seem like sometimes too on this podcast we might pick on one or two things, but it's yeah. just because your heart aches when you see it manipulated to a point to where it's being exported to third world countries and in the in the gospel is all about prosperity and right. making money and, and all these things. And and then you look at some of these guys, and I know both of you guys have traveled internationally, so mm-hmm. you've seen these types of people where they they don't have anything and, and they're the most blessed, happy, peaceful. Uh, connected yes. to God, people that you can find yeah. and you go, what are we yeah. doing wrong in this country? Right, you know, yes. right. when we think it's all about the mighty dollar, the car, the camper, the house, the whatever it mm-hmm. is, right? The dog Dude. and the family and the picket fence. Yeah. And it's like, no, man, like Christ is all that there is. That's yes. the only thing we should be pining after and, and wanting and bringing glory for. But mm. I don't know how I got on that. I got kind of sidetracked. But yeah, go, go ahead. Keep no, going that was there. great. And because that's who the gospel is for. Right. It's mm. for the poor. Mm. It's for the broken. Mm. It's for the ones who have a, a contrite heart who who can really receive it. And so mm. even, man, just with everything going on around the nations, um, I'm blessed to be involved with some ministries that do a lot of work over there and hear testimonies and hear just of the crazy things that the Lord is doing. Mm. And then I look around and I see some of just the absolute tomfoolery. Yeah. Because I've <laughs> yeah. also, yeah. like yeah. you guys have known yeah. me for mm-hmm. years. You've seen my walk. And mm. now I would say I'm in the same boat as you guys. I mm. am a... You're reformed? Oh, You're telling no, us? No, no, we haven't brought him over yet. Oh, dang it. Oh, I was like, hey, man, where's the bourbon? No, no, where's the bourbon? <laughs> Cautious, continuous. Yeah. Oh, Continuation. Yeah, yeah, amen, yeah. brother. Amen. amen. But I would say amen. that I have become reformed mm. in some of my thinkings mm. and some mm. of those things. In the literal before, sense of the word. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's I had means. a lot more. Uh, what I would say a liberal view on the gifts of the Spirit and the things of the Spirit, but now. Yeah. If it's not manifesting and glorifying yeah. Jesus, yeah. then I doubt that it's the Holy Spirit. Yeah. It's going to be another one. And that's why we are called to test every spirit. And unfortunately, within America, hmm. we we don't test. Yeah, we, you know, we rather would love to see all the cool stuff happen, to have these experiences. And we've yeah. watched the New Age, and we've watched Eastern spiritualism, and even the spiritualism of our own country, mm-hmm. uh, ancestry worship through the Native Americans and some of that stuff. We see that just pour through within the church. 
And instead, we're not pursuing after the Spirit of God so that he might do a mighty work Amen. and that it might glorify Jesus, because that's what it's all about, yeah. to confirm the gospel and to glorify Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I see also just, uh, yeah, and, we, and again, we do talk about this a lot on the podcast, and it gets hard to get away from, but it's like, you know, at, at times it's like people are just saying, hey, just, just you know, change change." your way with, with this one little thing, just, just sit back, you know, don't, don't have such an opinion. Don't have such a biblical stance on one thing, you know, let's just be unified. You know, don't, don't say anything about Stephen Furtick. Don't say anything about Joel Olstein. Don't say anything. You know, you you can't call them by name. If you're going to talk about this stuff, you, you say it in a roundabout way. Probably coded. Yeah. Yeah. You can't (laughs) be direct. And and it's like, you know, yeah, there, there is something uh, that we, uh, we do, that we are unified with and that's Christ. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like that's the only place that I'm, you know, it, it, you know, again, it's like not the oneness. We're not talking about, uh, uh, modalism. We're not talking about some of this crazy stuff that we hear these guys talk about TD Jakes and whoever I've already named three. <laughs> He's like, we don't want to name them. We don't want to name them all for you. Right but here. here we go. I'm going to go ahead. But, but yeah, no, man, the, the, what we, uh, what we strive to have in common, uh, you know, is Christ and some of these tertiary issues that we talk about, these secondary doctrines. I mean, we can, we can agree to disagree in a, in a way, but you know, let's, let's use the Bible to explain what we actually believe. Come on. So amen. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I would say to piggyback off what you were saying, um, I just said that. And I was in a clubhouse chat, and some lady came out, and she had like the rainbow thing and the vegan and this. She and, called you, and she said, and she was talking about someone, and she said, "I want a veggie back off someone." <laughs> I kid you not, you guys. <laughs> That's great. And they go, "What?" She goes, oh, "I don't, I don't veggie eat back. meat. I don't talk about it. Piggy, nice. Pigs have been, uh, you know, like oh my gosh." Yeah, but anyway, yeah. so, so to piggyback off what you're saying, really quick too about the. You know, I never read the gospel, see Jesus heal someone, and then that person just immediately goes back to their old sinful life. Their life was changed. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The glory to yeah. God just wasn't in the physical healing. It was the one came back or the, you know, or the one stands before the Sanhedrin and says, yeah, I don't know how it happened, but I was blind and now I can see. That's yeah. all I can say. Yeah. Like there was a witness there. There was a change of heart. There yeah. was a regeneration. There was a saving. And that's the purpose, I believe, of healing when we Come say- on bring glory to God. Yeah. Yes. And look at the, the, the Lord in his perfect prescriptive will in an unfallen world. Yes. We all would be in perfect health and all that good stuff. And mm-hmm. we, we know all about original sin and all that stuff and why the world is why it is. Right. My point is, is the the glory part of God is God getting the glory in, in not only the, the healing of the physical, but the saving of the spiritual. And then us professing that, right. Yeah. Come on. Um, it's a catalyst for the great commission, I feel like. Mm. And that's where I kind of look and go, okay, is, is that being uh, promoted uh, in this person's ministry or in this uh, meeting or, or, or this church, or is it, uh, you know, more celebrity and look what I can do and, and emotional and things like that. And there's nothing wrong with emotions. Don't get me wrong. Let's read the book of Ecclesiastes. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the Psalms read Job. We have a lot of emotions going on there, right? Definitely. Some would even argue David had some type of melancholy, bipolar stuff going on there. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that, but I'm saying theologians and scholars have argued that. So yes. not saying emotions are bad, right? Yeah. I'm just saying, uh, you know, whatever you cling to in time of trouble, that is your true God. So if it's your emotions, your job or whatever it is, 
that's your true God. So our, what we have to do is we have to try to put Christ at the center. And I think what Ugh. you're talking about here, Josh, is going to get us there. Some practical things mm-hmm. that allow us to put Christ at the center and, uh, you know, get us through that sanctification and, and glorify him in all we do. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. So looking at the first one and really just looking at what this is about, it's about the doctrine of Christ. Mm-hmm. So we know, and I was even talking about this in my Bible study on Friday, uh, Christ was not Jesus's last name. Like that wasn't Joseph's <laughs> last name that he took on and because of the whole blended family concept. Yeah. It, it's a title. Sure. He was the Messiah. And so these are the elementary principles of Jesus in his Messiahship and what the calling in that was because we have chosen to believe in him as Messiah. And so in that, the first one is the one that should always be first, and that's repentance from dead works. Mm. We know that unless the Spirit of God draws us by the proclamation of the gospel, that we won't repent. Mm. We won't make that choice. Did you just say total depravity from Tulip? <laughs> Keep going, bro. I'm listening. All right. One out okay. of five. Okay. <laughs> got right. four more All left. Right. Go ahead. Uh, Unconditional election. Go ahead. <laughs> the atonement <laughs> one's going to be tough, but we'll Ooh. get them over that hump. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So <laughs> no, just we, we get to this yeah. point of repentance Sorry. where it's not our desire. Mm. Yeah. We mm-hmm. would love to lie about all of the nastiness of our life and say, I'm a good person. Yeah. Like we have good quality because yeah. God made us, but that doesn't make us good people. We are right. all scumbags without Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, but repentance is not a one time event. And most yeah. Christians, especially I find in the West, they desire to make it a one-time event that I said the prayer, I did the mm. thing, and you know what? All I had to do was change my mind. That's the other one that really, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote something, grinds my gears. Mm. Like, it drives me nuts. Repentance is not just changing your mind. If someone has told you that, then they haven't looked at the Bible in its totality because it's not just changing your mind. Anybody can change your mind. Anybody can change their mind about a certain thing, but unless your mindset changes from your sinfulness, mm-hmm. because you're repenting from sin, you're yeah. not repenting from a bad mindset. You're not repenting from, oh, well, maybe that's just not a good, no, you're repenting because you sinned. And so turning from that and turning back to God and to God's leading, to God's direction, that is going to be true repentance. Yeah, true repentance, action follows the words. Exactly. You know, there's you action just, behind it. You just, uh, you just uh, quoted Dan Muller and Todd White. So, but go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> he, he he, no, no, no. He just said, he just, uh, like, like, uh, uh, spoke against it. What they, oh. what they say. Yeah. Like he said the right thing. Oh, that's okay. what Dan Muller and said Todd he White him. teach. I was like, I didn't hear no, 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 no. That's, that's what they <laughs> okay. teach. You change uh, your mind and that's yeah. it. You know? Like, yeah. That's a tough yeah, one, yeah. man. Yeah. And I love those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. know that they're really yeah. trying, and yeah. they try a lot better than most. They're going to do the hard things that most people don't want to get out of their pew and go and actually pray does. for someone. He does. He does. Man. But there is such that pivotal component that you – and I think he's really come to a realization on that, I though, in he, the past yeah, couple of years that, like, is. you actually have to tell people to repent. Yeah. Jesus' first public words after his baptism was repent, for the kingdom yeah. of God is at hand. And so if repentance is not the message that we're carrying – then we're not carrying the gospel. And so that's a really hard fact for a lot of people to deal with. And it's because they weren't actually told to repent. Yeah. 
And so, but it has to be more than just, I'm going to change my mind. Like, no, if you look at pornography, you actually have to say, this is bad and sinful, and I need to turn away from doing this and Mm -hmm. do the right thing. If you are lusting after someone, you have to say, this is wrong. Just not, man, I need to change my mind about this. I need to think about this differently. That's not ever going to produce a lifestyle of sanctification and of putting off the old man and putting on the new. And so with that, repentance is the easy one. But Mm -hmm. the, the thing that really has to be addressed is it's not just about changing your mindset. It's not about changing your lens. It's about turning from your sin. Yeah. And if we say that we are without sin, the Bible tells you that you are a liar Mm -hmm. and the truth is not in you. And so in that, we just have to be really humble. That's the point of repentance. It's to humble us so that we will realize that unless Jesus had performed the work that he performed on the cross to atone for our sins, then we have no hope. The only hope that we have is uh, one of my old bosses, uh, brothers used to say, the only hope that we have without Christ is the fire of uh, damnation. <laughs> right. That's our hope. Yeah. And so the promise of that, oh, yeah. it actually, it should make repentance so worth it. Right. Because we then, we get to just give that to the Lord. When we repent and we turn, like he will wrap us. Yeah. The blood covers us. Yeah. And it brings you to such a place of purification. It makes me want to cry to think about it because I was a, I was a scumbag. Yeah. And I know without the blood All of Jesus. Of me too. Yeah. 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 Without that and without me actually turning from my sin and saying, actually, I was that person, yeah. I would not be able, to be, be able to be the man that I am today. So this is kind of why I say more disciples and less pastors. And I Come say, I say yeah. it kind of flippantly, but I mean, anyone can get up there. Not anyone, but many, yeah, people, say. <laughs> many people can get up there and tell you and speak to you and give you words. And you go, okay, I hear those words. How many people are out there? Okay, let me put it another way. If you're, if you're telling someone to repent, you must have first repented yourself. That's right. right? Or that's hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. Um, judge not lest ye be judged. That's exactly what Christ is talking about. He's like, no, you don't get to have a secret sin and then go judge someone else with that same sin and go, well, I know Christ. And you know, that's why I get to say, you got to stop doing that. No, 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 no. You don't get judge not lest ye be judged for your own sin. So this weird thing of, if we actually had more disciples that were walking the walk and actually doing the talk, right. Instead of just saying it, I think the Christian church would be in a different place because you know, we, we might say, we might refer to uh, non-believers as the lost, but they're not stupid. They can oh. sniff out a, a, a someone who's hypocritical real quick. Yeah. Real quick. Can't they? And, and sometimes uh, Christians, were the king of hypocrisy. We have all the right words and we can say these things and we kind of put on this show and we know how to act around certain people when in fact Christ wants authenticity and repentance gets to the heart of that authenticity, right? Come on. So I would encourage listeners too, when you're saying that, um, you know, have true repentance because if not, it hinders you from even preaching repentance. Come on. Right. I can't preach repentance if I'm not practicing it in my own life. That's right. And, uh, that, that's kind of goes in when I say, you know, like I said, flippantly more, more disciples, less pastors. I want, I want more disciples out there that, that, that are actually doing the work, right. That are, that are working through the sanctification that are looking at what Paul said and what Christ said and and everyone else in, in in the, in the Bible throughout old and new Testament saying, I want to put that in action in my life and not just speak it to someone else for someone else to do it. No one likes a boss that just tells you what to do and then doesn't do it yourself. Right. That is like the worst type of manager. And we've all probably experienced those type of people, Mm -hmm. right? Do as I say, not as I do. Indeed. 
And it's like, no, you don't want that in a leader, a shepherd or a pastor either. It's like, I want to know that you're walking that walk with me and, you know, in in teaching others to do that. And then those disciples disciple others and so on and so forth. But yeah, repentance. So, you know, what what it makes me think of is Galatians five, Romans one, you know, just different sins that are, are represented in those chapters, you know, that, that maybe we think that we don't need to repent from, from anger, from gossip, Mm. from, you know, all these, all these little things. I mean, you know, first John three, three, eight, whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. The devil has been sinning from the beginning. That escalated quickly. Yeah. Right. (laughs) The reason the son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning. For God's seed abides in him, and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. I mean, think mm. about this. You know, like I mean, I I love those uh, those churches that I've I've ran across that actually have a moment of repentance as a corporate body. Mm. I don't know if you guys follow Doug Wilson's church at all, but yeah. they do have a moment of of the corporate body um, uh, coming together and, you know, repenting of their sin. They don't have to shout it out and tell everyone. Um, uh, but yeah, they're, they're repenting weekly. They're repenting daily. I mean, you know, this isn't, this isn't like a, uh, woe is me. I'm such a horrible, horrible. And we right. are, we are. <laughs> yeah. It's not a don't, flogging don't yourself. Get me wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, this, right, is, right. yeah. this isn't just over and over. Yeah. Like Christ did die for our sins, but Let's let's remember what repentance uh, has to do with. You know, we like we we need to repent for yeah. you know uh, all of these things. That's no, good. Look at Galatians five and Romans one. You'll mm. you'll see a lot of things in that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, amen. It's all you, man. Ah, uh, that was great. Uh, the next one, faith towards God. I think people misconstrue mm. what their faith is many times this day. Mm. Right? We yeah. just think, and people think, I believe in Jesus. I'm good. I said the prayer. I've got the Willy Wonka golden ticket. I'm all set. And then, like we were just talking about, they don't live that lifestyle of repentance. And so they walk out a life that shows that they actually haven't encountered the gospel and the true and living God. They do not have a fear of the Lord because the fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. It's the foundation of understanding. It's the foundation of knowledge. All those are in the Proverbs. So when that's your foundation, your faith is built on that. And like it talks about uh, five chapters later, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, but not yet seen. When we respond to the gospel, one of the main things that we respond to is that Jesus Christ and his appearing is our only hope. Mm. One, we have trusted on the finished work of the cross and that Jesus did what he said that he did, that he has atoned for our sin. And because of that, we can be cleansed and be with God forever, that someday we will receive a resurrected body and we will go into eternity with God forever. Yeah. Mm. And when that's our faith, like when that's really our hope, when that is what our eyes are set upon, it changes everything about how we live this life because we realize that our everyday life actually matters, yeah. not in a works way. It's not so that we can somehow earn our way to heaven. No, but it's what Jesus's Sermon on the Mount was all about. And it's what James talks about in James chapter one, not nah, James chapter two, show me your faith by your works. If you have true faith and you truly believe that Jesus was who he said he was, 
you're going to do the things that he said to do. And really, that is what a true disciple does. Yeah. And uh, even go on what you were saying, I'm going to steal that. I'm going to use that. I'll give you credit <laughs> if I think about it. Um, but literally, we need more disciples. Yeah. Jesus never said, go and make pastors. Mm. He never said, go and make apostles, go and make evangelists, go and make prophets, go and make teachers. God does that. Mm. God gives those things as gifts to the church to equip the everyday lay person to go and do the works of the ministry. And so for each one of us, whether we're in a, we're in a position of ministry or doing this or doing that, our call is to go and make disciples in the most practical way. Um, and one of the things that I really love in uh, many uh, movements within the history of the church is the push that the family is where you start with that. Your family is your first ministry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you do not take that seriously, then it does not matter who else you disciple if your own son is on his way to damnation. And if you can't effectively pastor him, and if you can't effectively lead him and disciple him, then I don't think you're actually doing a good job discipling anybody else. Mm. Right. And that's a hard one for me. Mm. Like I have a 12 going to be 12 year old stepson. And the thing that provokes the most fear of the Lord in me is my leadership and my guidance of him. Yeah, I can be I'm a people tell me I'm a gifted teacher all the time. And that's well and fine and good. But that just means I get stricter judgment someday. Mm. That just means that the words that I say are actually going to be held at a higher standard. And so if I'm not doing my job in raising my son and discipling him to love Jesus so that at the moment the Lord would call him in his sovereignty, he would respond. If I'm not doing that, then I'm not doing a good job. Yeah, I I see in the the American church as well, just the sluggishness of all of that. You know, like, I mean, the family, I mean, it's, it's the dad that works... 12 hours a day, the, the mom that might be working 10 as well, you know, the kid getting brought up by another person in some situations, you know, it, it, it happens, you know, yeah. um, uh, you, you need to have, uh, someone that, that watches your, your kid that, uh, uh, is watching them while you're at work or whatever, but you know what, like it is important to have a Bible study with your family, have a Bible study with your wife, have a Bible study, you know, even one-on-one, just a quick one on the way to school, dropping your kids off, you know, wherever it is, get that prayer in, get that uh, exhortation, you know, that, that uh, I mean, any, any way that you can uh, insert Christ into that conversation is always worth it. But again, it's, it's how sluggish do we get and how comfortable and complacent do we get mm. in our life as the church, you know, um, whether it's not going to church on a Sunday morning because of you got a party that night and it's not, you know, it's like, well, church is at 11, <laughs> church is at nine, you know, your party's at five or six. Like, like, why do you have to skip church for the, you know, yeah. but, uh, but anyway, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And with that, too, for any of you listening, if you're not in that habit, if you're not in that practice, one, none of us is perfect at this. Yeah. Uh, There have been many saints that have walked 30, 40, 50 years and still aren't doing everything right. And so for you, you can take an active step. And this is where it becomes practical. If you're not walking that out and you're not seeing those works come by the faith that you have in Jesus because you have turned your faith to him as your Messiah, as your Redeemer, you can start today. Mm-hmm. You can literally start after you watch this podcast or listen to it on whatever avenue that you use. You can start today. If it's too late where you are and everybody's already asleep, you can start tomorrow. But the biggest thing is, is response. That is, uh, I've been going through the Sermon on the Mount with my Bible study for the past 
uh, nine months. Mm. So we've been working through section by section, verse by verse, and we're wrapping up in the biggest thing we have been harping and talking about. And it's what Jesus ends the Sermon on the Mount with, and that's response. How are you going to respond? Are you going to be the foolish man that built yeah. your house on sand? Or are you going to be the wise man who built your house on the rock? And so for even for this, it's all about how you respond today. So I encourage you, uh, wherever you're at and whatever you're doing, you can take a more active step tomorrow to be a better disciple of Jesus. Not so that you can somehow earn salvation, but so that you actually can show people your love for God. Because Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. Amen. These things, yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Uh, then next one. And this one, uh, man, I was super challenged recently by a video that I watched uh, from someone you guys might have heard from, uh, Torben Sondergaard. You guys familiar with the teaching that he's done recently mm. on the no. doctrine of fire, the no. baptism of fire? Oh, I would encourage you guys to go listen to it because it radically changed my idea on this. So especially <laughs> within the charismatic world, the baptism of fire is this thing that people pursue after I've pursued after mm-hmm. it. I've taught sermons on it and now like i publicly repent for that yeah because i actually believe no longer that that has anything to do with an experiential uh baptism of fire by the holy spirit i actually think jesus is talking about eternal judgment there Mm. there at the when we when jesus returns there is going to be a judgment and people are either going to be uh, fully sealed by the Holy Spirit we where that manifested the seed that you talked about earlier mm. we are going to sprout and we're going to receive that resurrected glorified body and then there's going to be a resurrection of the unrighteous and they're going to going to endure eternal fire mm-hmm. and now, so when John the Baptist is talking about that what he ver- says, what, where, reference it where, what verse are you talking about uh, Matthew 3 17 okay. Uh, okay. where John the Baptist said there's one coming after me I'm not even worthy to tie his bootstrap mm-hmm. I baptize you today in water but he's going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit and in fire and recently uh, Torben was uh, reading that but he read it through the Amplified Bible which think whatever you might about the Amplified Bible every once in a while they might get something right and pick up on something mm-hmm. that we normally don't Because no Bible translation is perfect. But they actually picked up that there's a differentiation in the Greek there that actually separates the baptism of the Holy Spirit from the baptism of fire, and that it's actually talking about judgment. And so for me, that actually, because it actually goes more in line with, one, the preaching of Jesus. He was an apocalyptic kind of guy. He was a prophet that was saying, you need to turn from your sin. Sure. And that... After the atoning work on the cross, you need to trust in me for your salvation so that on that day when I come with hell and fire and angels and judgment, that you'll be found as responded to me mm-hmm. so that you might receive eternal life and enter into the kingdom prepared for you by my Father. Um, and so in that... Well, I mean, you could even argue, too, believers and unbelievers alike will go through <laughs> a, a time of judgment. Absolutely. Every knee is going to bow before him. He's going to judge both you and I and everyone else, whether you're a believer or not. Um, You know, classically, I've always assumed uh, of fire um, was the literal reference to second chapter of Acts, but I'm open to looking at it. What'd you say his name was? We'll we'll look into him. Torben Sondergaard. I'll make sure and send you because he got so much flack because he's he's a charismatic guy. He Mm. does street preaching. He lays hands on people. Um, He ministry gets messy but like he's he's going into every city in every country uh he got kicked out of denmark for preaching the gospel and so he's about it he's about the work of making disciples is everything great no real ministry is gonna be messy um but when it comes to that that really um 
And even uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, another one that I reference re- often. Every one of us, Paul said, I've, I'm a master builder. I have laid the foundation in Christ and you're building on it. And everything yeah. that you build in this life, you can either build with gold, silver, and precious stones, or you can build with wood, hay, and stubble. But on that day, mm-hmm. your works will be tried, and you'll either inherit a really beautiful house, or you're going to act, or it's going to be as if you just made it in through the fire. Yeah. And so thinking about the fire, that really just lays it. But um, even to pull back just from the aspect of fire baptism, mm-hmm. but um, water, like we talking about sacraments, like baptism is one of the most important things. It's the call of the believer, not believer, not for salvation, but because it's one of those commands of Jesus. It is meant to be that public display. And I, I don't really like that. It's a public display of an inward chain. Mm-hmm. No, it's actually a public proclamation because sure. back in the day of the first century church and second century, probably all the way up to the fourth century before uh, Roman Catholicism and all that kind of stuff, to publicly declare yourself as a believer in Jesus, especially for a Gentile, was met with a ton of opposition. Well, usually you're signing your death warrant up until yeah. about 350 AD, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and so in that, like, it was so important. And the real, like, the practicality of it, just like it talks about in Romans, it talks about it in Colossians, it has a spiritual implication where you are going down and it's as if you're being raised with Christ in the newness of life. It's that declaration of saying that God has done a work in me Mm -hmm. and I have now pledged my life as a living sacrifice unto him. Mm. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. I love it. Hey, Jason, you know, we love supporting brothers and sisters in the Lord businesses that love Reformed theology. Oh, yeah. And we have another good one for you here. Reform Sage. Mm. We love this guy. Nick is a friend of ours, and he Great just stuff. has an awesome store. He's got a big online following on Facebook, and we've been blessed by him. Reform Sage has everything from, you know, T-shirts and mugs to iPhone cases yep. and coasters. Heck, I'm wearing one of his T-shirts right now. Yeah, you Obey are. God, Defy Tyrants. He has sold so many of those T-shirts, and they're just really cool. Yeah. The shirts are comfy. You know, they fit well. They hold up in the wash, and the designs are pretty cool. And so, guys, if you're listening to us, we want to make sure that you're supporting guys like this. Go check out Reform Sage at reformsage.com. Jason, I know you like their stuff as well. Definitely. And he is an awesome dude. Yeah, Nick's the man. Yep. And he's been on our podcast. Yes. So we like him, and we want you guys to support him. So make sure you check out reformedsage.com. Go there for gear. And then Reform Sage on his Facebook page as well, too, where he has great discussion questions and just brings all glory to God. Amen. Thanks, guys. Now back to the show. I don't know. I, I think I just continue to come back to Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, right? Yeah. I mean, he is the ultimate sacrifice. I mean, these these verses are pretty much just going through, you know, our maturity in Christ um, uh, and, and just how we need to really think about uh, how we live out our Christian walk, right? Yes. I mean, we, we, yeah, we, we definitely, uh, faith comes by hearing, uh, hearing comes by the word, right? Yes. Um, and that's, that's the Calvinism way. Um, uh, I, got, no, <laughs> I thought that was the Romans way, but <laughs> I'm completely joking about Cal- Everybody's just uh, going to get out and be like, these guys are good. Yeah. No, no, nah, no. Lo- we biblically, we, yeah, we, we, we try to, yeah, we are, uh, we're just, uh, having fun over here, but, but anyway, yeah, no, I, I love these verses and I, and I love talking through them for sure. 
Um, Josh, what what were the washings that the Jews did? Do you, do you know those? Yes. I was going to ask yeah, you that, and absolutely. I, I and I didn't want to throw that, spring that at you. I forgot no, to no. ask you before. No, we that's started, awesome. But. Um, literally, and this was one of the coolest things. Back in 2019, I got to go to the nation of Israel. Mm-hmm. It was one of the most uh, incredible experiences I've ever had in my life. Like there's the day that Jesus saved me. There's the day I got married. And then there's the day I went to Israel. (laughs) Like those are the experiences. And oh man. Um, And I actually got to go to a plate, a public mikvah, where they would do the sacrificial washing Hmm. where Jesus would have went before going into synagogue. Yes. In the city of Magdala, there is a public washing area where you get to walk through and you get to see public uh, washing places that Jesus would have washed. That's right. Oh man, it was so cool. And so, but they would do that as a, for, to be, be, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Ah, yeah. Uh, ritually cleanse. Okay. So that when they went into places of public worship, just like now they, they wear the, the kippas or Mm -hmm. different things like that. Um, and there were certain, uh, mediations that were required to occur for them. It was the same thing. Full body submission. It wasn't just, was it date? Was it every week, or was this just something that you did like we do with baptism? We, well, un- unless you're a Baptist, yeah. like you get you get baptized about ten times, and then you're finally saved. You know, <laughs> I've that been baptized I, I four, but, four. Yeah, I yeah. was gonna say I, I was four too. Yeah, I dunk them um, till it works. Yeah, man. right. <laughs> exactly. But um, it was actually a ritualistic component of okay. uh, I would say um a ritual component in a yearly life okay. of a Jew. Okay. And so um, there would be, because of certain ceremonies, certain things like that. Um, I don't know all of it yet. Okay. I'm still okay. kind of studying and learning cool. some of that stuff because uh, historical Judaism is something that I I love to study. Mm. Um, and how, because really, like it says in the book of Acts, G- uh, following Jesus and what became the sect of the way mm. branched off from Judaism. And then eventually the Gentiles were included. And then mm. now we see where the church is today. And so really the the fruits of Judaism is what birthed into the faith that we have today, which is really incredible. But then we realized that when Jesus told the Pharisees, y'all are making up your own stuff and not actually listening to what the word said. Yeah. We have been able to build off of things the correct way. Yeah. Not always fully. Right. You right, know, right. We're, we're all... Yeah. No one's theology is perfect, nope. but uh, nope. Nope. but we're getting there. Yeah. Um, but it is really fascinating um, the ritual worship that they would have and the things that the everyday man would do. Um, but the ritual washings, and then even you got John the Baptist when he went and he's out in the wilderness in the Jordan and he's telling people, "You better repent. The Messiah is coming. You better yeah. prepare for the day of judgment." And then he even calls out the Pharisees, "You brood of vipers, who yeah. told you to come here so that you might get saved?" Mm-hmm. Who told right. you? Yeah. Just called him out. It was awesome. Yeah. Uh, he was so hardcore. Yeah. So yeah. hardcore. Love it. <laughs> um, and that was one of the places I got to, that was my fourth baptism, which That's was, awesome. oh, dude, I still yeah. kept, I made sure I went extra. I got the little white robe <laughs> thing. I did the whole thing. Oh, and it That's was great. There's nothing more powerful than getting your eyes stung by the water of the Jordan in the middle of 110 degree heat mm. in the middle of Israel. <laughs> right? It was amazing. Um, uh. Now, the last one that's always included in washings, people will talk about the spiritual baptism, mm-hmm. acts, all that stuff. Totally still believe that's for today. Again, totally believe that sometimes that stuff gets misconstrued. It gets made weird. Uh, and 
really, we just need to return to the simplicity of the word and let the Holy Spirit do what the Holy Spirit does and stop trying to do it for him because mm. he's actually way better at doing it yeah. than we are. Amen. We actually kind of yeah. suck. Yeah, we do. <laughs> and, and we just we make it weird. It up, man. Yeah. yeah. And so um, just believing the word at what it says, because he came, uh, it says in the book of Acts chapter one, he came so that we might be empowered to be a witness. Yeah, And so that, again, it goes back to we are called to witness to the promise of Jesus on the cross, to the promise of the resurrection, to the promise of the day that he's going to come back. And that is why the promise of the Father was given unto us, mm. so that we might live a life that witnesses to this wicked and perverse generation that surrounds us, that Jesus Christ is Messiah. Amen. And yeah. that's what... That's what it's all for. Even going back to the spiritual gifts, even going back to the fruit of the spirit, that stuff is so that we would emulate and show people the promise of Jesus. Amen. Yeah. Mm. Amen. Yeah. You know, this is kind of off off the wall here, but it popped into my <laughs> head when you said that. I would love to see a chart on like the yeah. sensationalization, if that's a word, of yes. the gospel with like our comfortableness and wealth as a nation. I feel mm. like we're almost like making up things because we, we've lost what it actually means to be saved. Yeah. I feel like yeah. we have to kind of make it emotional and, and sensational and and these crazy things because we have it so good that we forget the actual good news of the gospel is we have been saved by grace alone through faith and, and we no longer have to have, well, not separation, but hell is the wrath of God being poured out on those. And it's like, I feel like, especially in the West, I know we talk about this a lot, but you go to other places in the world and you see it a little bit, but you don't see it as much as you do here in the United States to where we've kind of just forgotten what it is the actual good news of the gospel is. Absolutely. That we wake up every day and we go, oh my gosh, I am saved. Yeah, I, I have I have been taken off the edge of an abyss, and and be, because of the imputed righteousness of Christ, I, I am now called righteous, and I can stand before my Father, and He looks upon me, and the accuser can't, you know, and and I have an advocate on my behalf, and this this is huge, and, and we almost go, eh, that's not that big of a deal. I, I'm on to my job, or on to my career, or my ministry, or whatever it is. And then so that now becomes the new, we have to sensationalize that and make it, you know, oh, look at this crazy thing or that crazy thing or whatever it is. When in fact, I feel like the first century Jews were probably going, oh my gosh, our our Messiah is here. Yes. Christ Yeshua is the Messiah. This is the one we've been waiting for. That was sensational enough. Yeah. Because they understood what that meant for for them and as a people. And in that day, it was so, so much simpler. And that's the hard thing. I've been saying this for a few now, few years now is that uh, the, especially the American church, but I would even just say the church of the West, you can see it in Europe and the places where they still have it, um, is that we are the rich young ruler. Mm. We yeah. have become so used to the novelties of this life yeah. and to the things of this life that we have forgotten the true hope that we have received. Like what you were saying, we don't wake up any longer and say, oh my goodness, if I did not know Jesus, if I did not repent from my sin and receive the saving work on the cross, yeah. then if I would have died today, I would be awaiting hell. Mm. Yeah. That the wrath of God on the day of judgment would be poured out on me. Yeah. And it also, because we, we have no need for hope here. Yeah. In other countries, like take what's going on in Afghanistan. Mm. Right now, they are being hunted like dogs. Now, all yeah. they have is Christ. Yeah. All they have. <laughs> and all they have is the hope. Um, I forget where it is specifically, but that um, 
God is the just judge, and yeah. he will vindicate the way they lay down their life in this season. Mm. And unfortunately, in the West, we don't have that. Unfortunately, we have been given reprieve. We've been given opportunities and seasons where we have not endured the same persecution. And Well, persecution is if you don't get a second shot of caramel in your uh, latte, right? <laughs> yep. Because <laughs> they saw the you know, cross yeah, you're yeah, wearing yeah. on your neck, so yeah, right. Starbucks person. It has to be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It has to uh, be, you know. Well, but, yeah. two th- two quick things. So, yep. first of all, in the rich young ruler, I think we're closer to that than you think, and I think it's multi level because you got to remember the rich young ruler, by all standards, was a good Jew. Yeah, mm. he had obeyed every command. Yep, he had obeyed every law. He knew the precepts of God. He had that memorized, mm-hmm. and. The issue was, is Christ knew the one thing that was still an idol in his life, yep. and it was his wealth. And he said, well, then just give everything you have to the poor and come follow me. And it says he turned away slowly and sadly and walked away. Mm. And, and and that's the heart of the gospel, is it's like abandon all. You don't, yes. and, and we do that here in America a lot. We are the rich young ruler. Yes, we love, we, we love our comfortableness and our wealth, but we actually are really good at kind of being good Jews, so to speak, like the yep. rich young girl, like we, we can do all the little mm-hmm. laws and rules that say, yep. Hey, well, I don't say this word and I don't do that. And I don't go to that place at certain times. And, right. you know, I stay away from these people, which I think even that is a little bit of a, of a myth. Christ yeah. was hanging out with the sinners too. Yep. He wasn't of, of the world. He was in it though. That's right. Uh, but then we still have that one thing that we hang on to. And then Christ comes to us. The gospel comes to us and goes, oh, well, no, you, you need to give that up because that's an idol. And we turn slowly from it. We go, no, yeah. we like all the comforts yep. of this instead, you know. And then two, I would say, you know, you're making that, you know, we're talking about Afghanistan and we're, us having it comfortable. It's like, man, when I look at David's story, <laughs> David, one of my most favorite characters in the Bible, probably a lot of people's, obviously. Uh, when did it get bad for him? It was usually when he was doing really good. Yeah. You ever mm. notice that? Oh, man. Like it was when he counted his men. It was like when he had all the kingdoms conquered. It was like when he was riding high, boy, how quickly he forgot who brought him there. Yeah. And then it was mm. like, hmm, uh, what's Bathsheba doing over there? Oh, let's go count our uh, armies. Oh, you know, and then it's like, but in those times of suffering and running from Saul and, uh, you know, being overrun by the Philistines multiple times in his, it was like, you read those and that's when he was the closest to God. There's like a refining process, right? We, Precisely. We and, and, and I pray, and believe me, my wife and I wept over what we were seeing that was going on in Afghanistan. When I had to read a tweet from one of the leaders over there that says, we are handing off the 10-year-old girls to leadership, quote, mm-hmm. that means they're being raped, they're being sold into slavery, yeah. and they're being ma- married off, okay? Yeah. That, that just tears that back. Mm. And, and I go, Lord, come quickly, right? But at the same time, I have to understand that there's a refining process uh, going on right now in Afghanistan for Dude. Afghani Christians. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's. I mean, I saw a tweet yesterday and it said church membership across all Afghanistan up four thousand percent in the underground. Yes, mm. underground. Hundreds of thousands of people meeting yes. in the underground right now to where just you know a year ago it was a couple thousand. Yeah. Yes, and it's like, dude, persecution brings forth the fruits of of the spirit. It brings forth. Uh, the refining fire of Christ. It's like, so yes, we're sad for that. We don't, we don't want to see those things happen, but at the same time, dude, the word of God isn't going to go void. No, the Bible not says. at all. It doesn't go without purpose. Right. No, there are things happening in Afghanistan on behalf of the gospel right now. that are absolutely amazing. So yeah, I don't know. I want to throw that in there too, because man, 
Afghanistan. And then I even get angry at myself. I'm like, this is happening every day in multiple countries around the world. Yet the church only perks up when it's on CNN and Fox news. It's like, what the heck is wrong with us? man? Come on. Like Paul commands us, pray for your brothers and sisters that are in prison that are being persecuted. You understand that you were in prison. Yes. God pulled you out of there and saved you and was like, no, that ain't for you, brother. It's like, so we pray for not, you know, and that was different. You weren't yeah. saved when you're in prison, but I'm saying we, we pray for those. And it's like, we should have that just like how Jason was saying, we should have a time of repentance in this mm. church. I feel like we should have a time of repentance for our brothers and sisters around the world. Mm. You know, I've been trying to do that personally. I get up in the morning and go, okay, I don't know where they're at, who they are, what it's going through, but I got to wake up this morning in a soft bed and it was air conditioned. Yeah. Right. There's a Come lot on. of my brothers and sisters that are professing Christ that didn't. Yeah. They're, they're waking up with cuts and bruises and, you know, rat infested cells and everything else. And it's like, let's keep them at the forefront, man, because yeah. they're living up to what the gospel call really is. Come on. Yeah. I'd love to uh, share a really great resource with you guys so that if you are looking for unique ways to be able to pray for the persecuted church or the church in Afghanistan, uh, there's a ministry out there called Global cataclysmic ministries mm. uh they uh produced a movie called sheep among wolves too i know i shared yep. that mm-hmm. with you yep um and they're one of the forefront ministries that are out in um in the middle east on the ground doing the work in afghanistan um even the other day uh one of them shared a t- uh a post i believe it was on facebook um that they had an underground church network that had 250 members and in two weeks, it grew to over 2,500. That's awesome. Yeah. Just That's insane. Yeah. Uh, they were getting opportunities to minister to the Taliban before the takeover and see villages doing Bible studies yeah. with members of the Taliban and getting wow. to share Christ with them. And just there's incredible, incredible things. And on uh, GCM's uh, website, there's a really incredible, there's some resources on praying for the underground Afghanistan church, because even within their organization, uh, to, uh, I believe Friday was the last time I've heard an update. They had not suffered a casualty within wow. the church yet. Wow. wow. And that's including, so they had half of their church leaders stay and then half of them with families uh, ran for the mountains so that they that way they could escape with women, children, um, and then try and return later. But it's about to be winter out there. It's crazy. But yeah. they have worked and sought, and they've raised almost $2 million in a little over two weeks wow. to yeah. be able to pour into the underground Afghanistan church over there. So wow. uh, just just a, pl- a shameless plug for you guys. Um, and then, my, yeah, my wife and I, we do uh, Voice of the Martyrs. Too. Yes. Yeah. Love those yeah. guys. And and they it's, it's crazy because you'll get a magazine and like people's faces are blurred out because you can't see who they are because they might, it, someone might see it and go kill them. I oh, mean, definitely. It was crazy though. You know what they're doing right now is they're saying, hey, if you could download sermons, uh, uh, textbooks, and Bibles onto flashcards, and then they color code them and they trade them in the underground. Yeah. So oh. people can't be seen with a Bible in parts of China, Yemen, Turkey. There's other parts, yep. right? And so you just have this little flashcard. It just has a dot on it. If it's a green dot, it's a Bible. Red dot is a resource. Yellow yes. dot is, you know. And they said it's like it's like gold chips over there. Like, huh. which, could you imagine being in a country like which one did you get this week, dude? Yeah. Oh, you got a yellow. Ch- oh, I got to listen to that. And they and take here it we home. are with ten Bibles. Ten in our Bibles. House. <laughs> Don't open them. Sometimes uh, you know what you I mean. Know? It's just it, it's like we have whoa, we dude. have like. 20 apps on our phone, <laughs> yes. you know? Oh, man. It's but, wild. Uh, yeah. But but like we were saying, Jesus is doing amazing things in the nation of Afghanistan. Mm. Prior yeah. to this event, the only reason Afghanistan had not been able to get past Iran as the number one growing church in the world was because they had too many martyrs. Huh. Wow. 
And now, uh, with everything going on, many of the movements over there have not yet seen martyrdom. uh, And that just shows even the effective prayer of the saints here in America. Absolutely. Praying for the hiddenness as they have traversed through the desert, as they have traversed through their cities, through their towns, and then been still continuing to proclaim the gospel, which is just incredible. Because ultimately, even going back to the issue of suffering and uh, rich young ruler and all of that, um, suffering is meant to produce a work in us. Mm. Amen. The Bible's clear about it. Uh, I can't yeah. think of the specific verses, but it's supposed to uh, bring through patience, mm-hmm. perseverance, long suffering, long suffering, yeah. all of these things. That is what suffering gives us the joy to do. Sure. Because if Jesus, the Messiah, God himself came down and suffered on our behalf, who are we to think? that our walk for him isn't going to cost us something as well. And he even says, and now a lot of times people spiritualize this verse, and it it does have a practical application, like I daily have to take up my cross and follow after Jesus. But in Matthew chapter 10, he said, if you do not take up your cross, you are not worthy of me. Mm. Yeah. That's one of those like, that's one of those Matthew 7, go from me, I did not know you verses that just yeah. terrifies me to say, like, Lord, let yeah. me be walking worthy of you. Right. I let think, me take up my cross. I feel like most of the church only likes, like, one side of Jesus. They don't like the, you set the hand to the plow and look back, you're not worthy. You know, like, if you don't hate your mother and father, and that hate means yeah. which one will you love more doesn't mean you have to, like, yeah. be spiteful against your mother and father. It literally means like, look at, there's going to be times where you have to choose between family and me. Like, and if you can't do make that choice, you're not fit for the kingdom. Like, yeah, we forget that Jesus said these things. Like he was a, he was a real dude, man. He was the real deal. Right. It's it's the fake unity I was talking about earlier. I mean, Mm, it's, it's, you know, let's just, let's just push aside these, these secondary issues. Let's, let's just, you know, let's just agree about modalism. Let's just agree about one. Or primary issues. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's certain things. Let's, let's just come together because we all believe in Jesus. Well, you know what? I don't use in Jesus name at the end of a prayer, like abracadabra, you know? And so, (laughs) you know, it's like, God is not a genie and, and all these different things. I, I can't come into unity with that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just an, it, all of that is just an interesting, uh, subject to definitely dive into. Um, yeah. and I don't know how much more time we got. No, here. as we, we're going to wrap yeah. it up here. We'll wrap okay. it up. Okay. Um, Josh will bring us home here, but I would just say yeah. too, that's a good reason why you have creeds, yeah. why you have, yeah. uh, doctrines, why right. you have confessions and catechisms throughout mm. history. That's what the church does. Westminster orthodoxy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Westminster. Starting that back up tomorrow, actually in homeschool. Um, Amen. the kids catechism, but, uh, so those things help guide us right to yes. stay in orthodoxy. So we can look at someone who goes, Oh, you, you don't believe in three persons, one being Trinity. That's, yeah. that, that's not orthodoxy. Right, we don't, right. you know, that's now a primary issue. Yeah. We have to have a yeah. discussion about that, right? Mm-hmm. You believe the gifts are for today and you don't, ah, that's a secondary issue. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's, that's something else that isn't in that same doc, you know? Yeah. So it's like, I think that's why we have those things too, Jay, to, to kind of yeah. what you were saying. I agree. I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Like you've yeah, got to yeah. have those guidelines to determine, you know, yes, right. we can't, I'm sorry, but I can't come in unity with a Mormon or a Jehovah witness or a seventh day Advent or, yeah. or uh, someone or that speaks oneness, in tongues that doesn't have an interpreter or, or, standing there with them <laughs> or a oneness Pentecostal. <laughs> oh, no, sorry. No, right now that might irritate the heck out of you, but that's still a secondary issue. I would say maybe we should do a whole episode on that. What yeah, is secondary we, issue? What isn't mm, I don't, I don't, sounds good. I don't think, uh, in my opinion, when I look at, um, uh, speaking in tongues, baptism in the Holy spirit, things like that, second baptism, 
those are secondary issues. If you look at uh, historical Christianity, those were put outside the main doctrines of Orthodox Christianity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who Christ was, who the Trinity was, what Christ's work on the cross was, did he come in the flesh? Those type of things yeah. are our primary doctrines that I, I think, like you, Jason, said, we have to agree on. Or I just can't. What, what are we coming in unity for? All mm-hmm. hold hands so we can, you know, kumbaya. Feed, you know, kumbaya. Yeah, yeah. No, man, it's to advance the kingdom of Christ. Right. But yeah. Bring us so, home, uh, yeah, Josh. For sure. Um, so last three. Now this next one, this one, most people, this is one of those one that gets drawn real weird. Mm-hmm. And within a Jewish context, it actually has a much simpler meaning, the laying on of hands. Mm. So most people like think that's all about the weird impartation and, mm-hmm. and doing this and doing that. It's more about soak two things. up your anointing. Oh my <laughs> uh, Oh man. Uh not going to go on that rabbit trail. <laughs> I'm trying to bring it Come home. On. We, we are not trying to go into a flight-style tailspin. We don't have Denzel here to keep us recovered, all right? Um, <laughs> but when it comes down to the laying out of hands, one, it has absolutely to do with priestly succession. Okay. So uh, putting authoritative eldership in within the local community church, some of those things. The other one has everything to do with Jesus's right and rulership as one who is of the lineage of Abraham and is the lineage of David. Yeah. It's everything to do with the genealogical understanding of the passing down and the succession all the way from Adam at the promise of the redeeming one who would crush the head of the serpent all the way down to him being born. It's the succession of the promise of the Messiah Amen. and how that has passed down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and that's why Paul uh, later in his letters, he, he makes sure to call it like, stop worrying about all these other endless genealogies and these things. Stop worrying about your conspiracy theories and all this stuff. And trust the fact that Jesus was the Messiah and stop worrying about where you fall into the equation. Cause it's not actually about us. It's yeah. all about him. Yeah. Yeah. And so with the laying out of hands though, unfortunately, especially in this day and age, it gets made into a real weird thing. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, uh, lay hands on pray people when you pray, but t- uh, Paul also told Timothy, don't let everybody lay hands on you. Let's not be weird about it, yeah. but let's make it, again, it's supposed to be something practical. Yeah. And so if it makes it impractical by making it weird, then you're probably not doing it right. If it becomes <laughs> impractical because you're trying to make it some spiritual goofy thing, rather than it being the super practical aspects of the word of God and what we are called out to live in light of it, then you're missing the mark. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And then you're we we just we begin to walk into those secondary things that eventually are going to turn into error. And then uh you know you get those subtle corrections, you get those things and ultimately like the Holy Spirit will lead you back, but only yeah. if you're listening for him. Yeah. And now the last two, uh a lot of times people lump these together. Okay. Uh they're they're hard subjects. <laughs> they're the ones that uh especially I've I've run into lots of issues with people that want to have their own beliefs about these things rather than having the biblical beliefs on these things. Uh the one, resurrection of the dead. Someday each one of us is going to receive a glorified body because this Holy Spirit, who is the seed that was put inside of us, is a um as the down payment. And the first fruit of the promise of redemption on the day that we will receive our glorified bodies, he is going to sprout forward and and glorify us, mm-hmm. not putting us up there with Jesus, but we receive a glorified body that we will be able to be in the presence of God in the age to come. Yeah. yeah. At the same time, 
there's also going to be a resurrection of the dead for the unrighteous. And so on and because of that, that leads into the final subject. But when it comes to the resurrection of the dead, especially in the days of Jesus, you had a couple different camps. You had the Pharisees, they definitely believed in the resurrection of the dead, but they were they were all partnered up with the zealots doing all sorts of weird stuff. They were making yeah. up their own traditions and really mm. calling people to follow after them in their own religion rather than mm. following after Yahweh, mm. rather after following after Jesus and what they were called to. Um, and then you had the Sadducees who didn't believe in a resurrection of the dead and were really like, when you die, you just kind of go somewhere. Right. Like, yeah. And so even now today, there's so many really weird uh, theologies out there around these things, um, especially with the creeping in of the new age and some of that stuff. Even when I was in prison, um, one of the guys that discipled me from the beginning, one of the brothers I love more that was so instrumental in my walk right before he got out, he fell into reading these really weird books by a guy named Edgar Casey. Okay. Who was a spiritualist in the 1950s, got into all sorts of weird wonky stuff. He would go into these trances and told somebody that he was reading from the Akasic records, mm. which are the book of life and all this stuff. And then he started to impute uh, what's the word reincarnation into the biblical faith mm. right. and just this weird, weird, weird stuff. Yeah. And my buddy got just drug into it. Yeah. And then he got home and his life got drug into it and walked away from his path with the Lord. And uh, it's been really unfortunate for him. Yeah. really stinks. Yeah. Maybe you'll listen to this. I hope you're out there, Blake. <laughs> yeah. I love you, bro. Um, yeah. But those things, uh, when we don't have a, a biblical understanding, like Jesus said that this would happen, that he's going to gather us and that we are going to receive bodies that can be with him forever. Paul's super clear about it in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. At the twinkling of an eye, Sure. We are going to move from mortality to immortality, from corruptible to incorruptible, and then we get to be with God forever. Yeah. And again, that's one of those things, practical life application. We are living in light of what the promise is of the age to come. We live in light of that, not trying to earn it, right. but trying to make sure that we are staying in that narrow way, that we might inherit on that day the inheritance that God had planned for us. Because we can get in, not in the, we know God's sovereignty covers all of our mistakes, mm, but sure. making sure that we are walking in accomplishing the fullness of the good works that God had prepared for us from the beginning of the earth. Mm, we yeah. know that God uh, moves all things, controls all things. He's sovereign over all of creation. But at the same time, there's that, that dualism um, of how we walk this out in a practical way. Because we all know that we have been disobedient in moments of things that God has called us sure. to. Yeah. And yeah. so those aren't things that affect our salvation, but they are things that affect our eternal reward. They are things that can affect, you know, if we don't share the gospel with that person, the Lord definitely will probably have at least, you know, 12 more people lined up mm -hmm. to go in there. But we missed that opportunity. Mm -hmm. And so in that, that when we skip over the little things, like when it comes... It, if martyrdom becomes a thing in our country, most Christians are going to run and flee and lose their first love because they couldn't even choose to share their faith when God prompted them. They couldn't even choose to get up 15 minutes earlier in the morning and pray. They couldn't choose to fast. Like not choosing sure. to do the, the things the Bible calls us to is going to produce a life that lacks those works that show our love for God. And then the last one, and this is one of the other ones, I've encountered a ton of people with, uh, there's been a, a real rise in uh, annihilationism. Mm -hmm. And so the belief that God's just going to wipe out everybody that he 
sends to hell. And like, no, eternal judgment from the perspective of the Bible, at least what I have found, and people might disagree with me on this, is that there's going to be a real, real lake where people are really going to endure eternal torment and separation from God for all of eternity, away from him, but seeing him, being near to his presence. And the reality of that, the reality of that, if we live in light of that, not in this weird way, and that's the thing with these, we're not supposed to live these in light of a weird way. It's supposed to be something that can practically impact our life so that we will live active faith so that we will really be obedient to the Lord when he says, preach the gospel, preach the gospel. Don't, don't, uh, preach the gospel and then use words. Like it actually says, you brought the verse up earlier. Mm -hmm. How can one respond unless they actually hear the word of God? Mm -hmm. They can't. It's not going to happen just because you live a good life. People would say Jeff Bezos lives a good life. He still, if he does not have Jesus and Mm -hmm. if he has not called on him as Messiah and God has not drawn him and renewed him by his spirit, he is still going to go to hell, Mm -hmm. unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And so in that eternal judgment, living in light of that and understanding and knowing like, Lord, you are going to judge the living and the dead. There is a day, Acts 17, uh, Paul uses this when he talks to the Athenians. He says, there is a day set in the future when God is going to judge the world by the man whom he has appointed and confirmed by raising him from the dead. And so because we have believed that Jesus is Messiah, the promise of that, like that's one of those biblical promises. Everybody's like, yeah, I love Bible promises. Mm-hmm. Yes and amen. Yeah. <laughs> like one, that's one of God's Bible promises that he's going to judge the wicked. Yeah. yeah. It's going to happen. And having that, like, that stark reality as one of the things that is actually a building block of our faith, like, I know for me, it has helped me have so much more compassion. Mm. It has helped me have so much more compassion for those that I see that are lost around me, those that I see that I know, even would claim to know Jesus, but don't live lives that show me that they are regenerated, that don't show me that they have called on him as Messiah, that they're living out that sloppy grace, sloppy Mm -hmm. agape, whatever you call it. Sluggish Christianity. Yes. Well, you know, (laughs) just as we're finishing up here too, what what really did something for me too, when I was in in my mid twenties and I went going back through and just kind of rereading all the scripture verses I had been uh, brought up with, but then reading them for what they actually said. And nowhere mm. nowhere in the Bible when we're talking about the judgment of God or we're talking about hell or Hades or any of those places, Sheol, does it say, and then he's going to send you down there and turn you over to Satan and Satan's going to do his thing on you, like kind of how we have imagined. Mm. It, it literally says in John 3, 36, whoever believes in the son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the son shall not see him, but the wrath of God will remain on him. So, mm. so, so hell is a real place, mm-hmm. but what's scary and what it, what really helped me set my eyes and go, oh my gosh, God is is to be feared both re- in reverence and to have a healthy fear of. Kind of like when you had a healthy fear when your dad came home and you heard the belt coming off, like, oh, mm. I've done something wrong. I should be a little bit scared. Like, we don't like to talk about it, but hell is is the God's wrath being poured out on the judged. Yeah. That's what hell is. It isn't like he's sending you to a place where Satan, you know, pricks you with a pitchfork. No, and he's he Satan well, is actually an instrument of God's wrath. The Bible says. Yeah. So it's this weird thing where it's like, how holy and just and righteous is that when 
now I have, that's why the Bible says, fear the Lord. The beginning of wisdom is to fear who he truly is, what he is truly capable of. He is 100% love, 100% just, 100% wrath. One, you know, he's all of these things. He's he's all of these characteristics. And we can't just focus on one or two of those. We have to understand that, you you know, people say it's the absence, you know, hell is the absence of God. And I heard you use that term. And in, in, in a sense, it is the absence from his glory, but it's also the full presence of his wrath. Mm. Yes. That should make us double think on what type of God we serve and, and who we are in relationship to him. Not, mm. Maybe not take this thing called our, our Christianity or the gospel so flippantly yes. uh, when you look at it in that light. But Absolutely. Yeah. And even with that, like people, and you were kind of touching on this in the beginning, they have this idea that somehow hell is the devil running around and getting to do whatever he would like mm. and like sitting there and just torment. No, like you were just saying, the wrath of God is what will torment you for eternity. Mm. The devil, the original sinner, the one whose sin originated in heaven, when he rebelled against God, the reason why hell was created was for him and with for the divine beings that rebelled with him. Mm. And so in that, he's going to be enduring yeah. that torment as well because he already has a divine body that is going to endure divine torment for all of eternity. Mm. Second mm. Peter two nine. Then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials and to keep the unrighteous under punishment until the day of judgment. Mm. How about this one? God is a righteous judge and a God who feels indignation every day. Man, you read some of these and you just go, okay, we need the full scope of God. We re- re- really do, uh, in especially in this country and especially in Christianity. And look, I'm not trying to go Jonathan Edwards on you and, and go fire and brimstone. No, you, but, you can totally but, but, do it. But we have to know the fullness, right? <laughs> yeah. Like Jason says this all the time. Like we have to know the fullness, like mm. every aspect of them. And in, in, in the more, and you know, I had a discussion with someone online. And I was like, dude, theology just means to know more about God. I just want to know more about him. And now right. you can go down rabbit holes and we go down crazy stuff, Jason, Yeah, you yeah, know, uh, on the podcast. We totally do. But at the same time, we want to know, more and I've noticed the closer I get to God, the more I fear Him mm-hmm. and mm. honor Him. Yeah, it's yeah. like I never yeah. get closer and go, "Oh, he, he's a really good buddy." He yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. a fr- you know Abraham <laughs> was sure. called a friend of God, right? Sure. Was it Abraham? Yeah, Did I said that right. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. yeah. Abraham, you know, yeah. But, and I get that, but at the same time, it's like, dude, there has to be a holy reverence there, and I think mm. that's why we need to take so important those uh, those six steps that, or was it six or eight? What did we go six. through? Yep. Six tonight, yeah. Six uh, steps that you brought up too, like practical applications in our walk, because it is, it says like our salvation, like fear and trembling. Yeah. Like treat it as such. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know what I mean? Precisely. And, and these are uh, six good steps to get us there. So do you have anything yeah. else as we finish up, uh, Josh? Mm. Or Jason? No, no, no. I, you guys are both looking at me now. I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> Say something. Oh, no. No, yeah. I, I um, am just so thankful that the three of us could sit in this room and just mm. glorify God with conversation and just reading through the word and just, you know, kind of picking it apart and just trying to figure these things out and just get to another level, I guess. You yeah. know, I mean, yeah. like in our maturity, because none of us have arrived whatsoever, you know, and, and I know that like, we do have some differences in this room and that's okay, man. And like, but you know what? I know that I'm going to see both of you when we go into eternity, right? Like, I mean, it's, yeah. So it's, it's, I love this conversation and uh, we've went a lot longer than we usually do, but yeah. I'm okay with it's it. It's okay. <laughs> I think usually whenever yeah. I come on here, it's about usually an hour and a half, two, hour yeah. and a half to two, two hours. hours. And that's okay. That's, <laughs> it's good. always awesome. Yeah. Always oh, thankful to have amen. you. 
But guys, thanks so much for listening. Uh, and we do appreciate all the comments and stuff on Facebook, Instagram, all those places. Uh, we just hit 1.2 million downloads in the first 18 what? months or 16 months. So we That's appreciate weird. that. You guys are sharing it with your friends. You're sharing posts. You're doing all those things. And we appreciate it because we yeah. just want to bring glory to God. I yeah. know we do. And we want to yeah. bring, uh, like we said last time, people on that uh, we can talk about these things, have a conversation about God. And like Jason just said, I mean, you mm. really brought it home, Jason. Like mm. you're just blessed that we are able to do that. Yeah. Like yeah. There, yeah. there's people mm. right now in other countries that could not do this. They mm-hmm. could not yeah. gather with two or three other brothers in the Lord right. in public and discuss these things. So yeah. thank you, God. We we do. We say that yeah. not Amen. with a cliche, but we say it with a grateful heart yeah. that we're able to to read through the word and study it and flip it over and and and, and you know chew on it and, mm-hmm. and do all those things in this country Ugh. and we're still able to. So guys, thanks so much. As always, God bless. Take care. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Dead Men Walking Podcast for full video podcast episodes and clips or email us at deadmenwalkingpodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to check us out at dmwpodcast.com where you can purchase the best and snarkiest merch on the internet, support the show, and leave us a review or message. Dead Men Walking can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Dead Men Walking Podcast and on Twitter X at Real DMW Podcast. The Dead Men Walking Podcast is part of the Fight Laugh Feast Network. For exclusive show content, be sure to download the Pump TV app and become a member. If you're a business that needs to reach hundreds of thousands of potential customers in your demographic, podcast advertising might be for you. Send all inquiries to Dead Men Walking Podcast at gmail.com. None your biscuits.